Here we are for another Jayhawker podcast. I am Greg Gurley along with Wayne Simeon, about to be joined. We're here in the indoor football facility at the University of Kansas, about to be joined by Lance Leipold. We're going to get a little basketball talk in as we've had a big week. Uh, Coming off a three-game losing streak this past weekend, we go to Rupp. Everything's against us. Kentucky on a four-game winning streak. What happens? Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, losing two in a row here feels a little bit chilly. Uh, losing three in a row with four on the cusp, something that Bill Self-led team has never done, uh, gets the, 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 neck, the, the, the collar a little tight around the neck. People ask me if I get nervous before a game, and I, I don't necessarily. Do you? Like we, like we were on the plane going to Rupp on, on Friday. Were you thinking about being nervous about the game as a I wasn't as a thinking player? about being nervous. I was thinking about what's at stake. I was excited about the matchup. Um, Kentucky, who had been on an uptick like us, struggled, but right. struggled earlier, made some adjustments and tweaks, and got on a four-game winning streak themselves. Uh, it felt like we weren't that far away from being able to make a few uh, tweaks and adjustments there. Had a little, a little bit longer, extended week of preparation. Uh, were able to do that and uh, came out victorious in a blue blood battle. And then earlier this week in Allen Fieldhouse, Dylan's Sunflower Showdown, K-State comes in. We dropped one to them just two weeks ago by one. Shot the ball terribly, missed free throws, turned it over, didn't get shots at the end of regulation. And earlier this week just played more of a complete game. And mainly because I think – we know what Jalen's going to do. Jalen's emerged as a, as a surefire All-American, all possibly Big 12 Player of the Year. For sure. Uh, in that K-State game, he became the all-time leader of a five-game span by a Kansas Jayhawk since the inception of the Big 12, 133 points, which is one more than second place, who you know. <laughs> know him pretty well. Really? Yeah. How would you describe him? Um... Uh, a Jayhawk. A <laughs> Jayhawk. Jalen Wilson, not, not that that was a record like you. You probably didn't even know I you didn't had know. it. Yeah. And who I gets mean, these stats? Who I, has these? What type of library, Rolodex, who's keeping all these stats? We were doing the broadcast the other night, and it came up on our screen, and I'm like, I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, they, they go, can you guess who second was? I have no idea. I mean, I can think of guys, you know, Paul Pierce, Devontae. Who's on Frank. that list? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I figured he was, but. Yeah, there's there's some researchers that dug deep, but the but the bottom line is it's in a, for Jalen Wilson to be there. That is something to hang your hat on, and it shows what he's done over the last five games. He started out it was like 38, then 30s. He scored over 20 points for five straight games in a row. It's just because the first five games of the Big 12 season, he was getting his points, but he wasn't shooting at it. I mean, he was shooting like 34 percent from the field, but now he's efficient. He's making threes. He's posting up. He's getting to the line. And true leader of our team. But for us to win at Rupp and against Kansas State, it took the other guys. It took Kevin, yeah. who was on a, a downturn. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was struggling. Coming off his roughest game, yeah, at K-State. DeWan, turning the ball over, made all those threes earlier, shot wasn't falling. And then K.J. had a great game against K-State in Manhattan, but the, the next two games he struggled. So – 
We know what we're going to get from Jalen, and most of the time we know what we're going to get from Grady. It's the other guys that make the difference. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that I, I want to highlight about Jalen, who's done a phenomenal job of becoming a complete scorer, not just settling for the three-point shot, but being able to score mid-range, get, uh, get layups, get to the foul line, yeah. is in both those games against both those Wildcat teams, he threw in some daggers yeah. there at the end. I mean – uh, both those teams, Kentucky and K-State, were, were, were hanging around, were kind of making a late-game run at Rupp. The crowd was getting into it and uh, and really knocked down some big shots to kind of take the, the air out of their sails to let them know that we were in command and, and control the game and, and lead us to victory. And, and I like what you said. Of course, we know what we're going to get from Jalen. To me, a couple of the, the factors in these last two wins uh, has been uh, attention to detail. Okay, we got guys that are paying more attention to scout report, guys their timing and their attention to, um, you know, how we're trying to run plays is a little bit better. Um, the small things like rebounding, I mean, you, you, you keep a guy like Oscar Shigwe off the glass for the entirety of the game, give up one offensive rebound uh, at Rupp, you know, you keep the, the, the team that – They were getting 39% of their misses – on offensive rebounds. Think about that. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. And you're leaving them to one. KJ KJ did a great job on that. Um, and, then the, and then the bench. How about the bench? Yeah. You know, someone that's been, uh, you know, a group of guys that's been under a lot of scrutiny, uh, giving up lots of points in those three losses. Uh, and as you look at the stat sheet from uh, the game against K-State, it was actually flipped, and our bench was more productive than theirs, and, 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 and that was a big component to you, our success. You were never really a bench player, but just kind of put your bench hat on. That game – didn't matter in the Big 12 standing, and maybe Bill tinkered with the lineup a little bit more. But you had the injury to Zuby, so Ernest knows that he ain't getting – he's not going to be taken out. Does that help his confidence level? you think he even thought about that? Because he was really productive at Kentucky against the reigning National Player of the Year. Yeah, I'm not sure how much he thought about that. Uh, hopefully he sees it as an opportunity, and basically with his size and athleticism – uh, something that maybe a Zach Clements doesn't doesn't have, though Zach has some intangible skills that that, that Ernest doesn't have. Um, it's really his to lose when you think about the matchups that we have for the rest of the Big 12 season. Guys that are long, guys that are athletic, uh, guys that have other teams that have rim protectors. Like we're gonna need Ernest to really grow up into this role as uh, as Zuby's getting healthy. And, and and it sounds like it's it's not too severe of an injury. So hopefully he'll be back here within the next week or so. Yeah, it's probably a couple of weeks. And and the bench has been a a topic all year. And in this two game winning streak, the bench has really provided a spark. Zach had five against K State. Ernest had a, had a Offensive rebound put back. And it sounds like little things, but when you were getting nothing, it's something. And, and that helped in a big way. And we do have a short bench, and we don't have a ton of size. And uh, gotten some foul trouble in that losing streak, and that really hurt. So uh, moving forward, here we are getting ready to go to Ames this weekend. And then 48 hours later, play Texas at home. Also a big-time challenge. We're sitting in second place, have an opportunity to get right. We're playing team that tied with us and a team that's in front of us. What more can you ask for? Man, it's so interesting. Sometimes when you watch a game, you hear the stat of lead changes. I'm looking at the month of February and curious how many lead changes are going to take place in the Big 12 standings between, you know, the, the huge traffic jam that's between, you know, first and second yeah. place throughout that month. So it's going to be an entertaining time of basketball uh, for, for, for us Big 12 fans. Yeah, we got a lot going on. Going to have Lance Leipold here to talk all things Kansas football recap 
uh, all that went on, the Liberty Bowl game, the recruiting class, the spring showcase. So looking forward to that. But uh, a big past weekend and almost a bigger upcoming weekend for Kansas basketball in Ames, Iowa, against an Iowa State team that just lost two straight at Missouri. And then the other night, an epic meltdown against Texas Tech, up 23 in the second half and end up losing it in overtime. But uh, they're obviously not going to be very happy to welcome us to the friendly confines of Hilton Coliseum. Yeah, and I don't think it was even a surprise uh, seeing, even though it was a meltdown because of the, the point differential for most of that Texas Tech game, I don't think any of us were surprised that they got clipped by Texas Tech right. because they were they they've been they've been chomping at the bit for a signature win and they've been very very close and they're probably going to get several more uh, throughout this month here. But no no rest for the weary. Um, it's going to be a gauntlet as that word is continually used. Every uh, time I end my my post game interview with Bill Self, I say, "Hey, no rest for the weary. We got to get on a plane tomorrow and go to Austin or go to whatever." And it's true. This is a. There's no easy wins in Lubbock just because they've only won one game. Yeah. Same thing in Morgantown, and they're going to be at the bottom. But man, we got a, We got a fun month of February coming up, early March, and uh, it's just fun to be a Jayhawk right now. Yeah, yeah. Hey, all is right with the world, right? All this is time right. Had three, three losses in a row, and now we got, you know, Kentucky win. K-State women's win, you know, yeah. on, on Sunday. On Sunday was big. Chiefs take care of business. They're going back to the Super Bowl. And how great was Travis Kelsey in the field house? Perfect. Uh, then, of course, we take care of business against the Wildcats as well. And uh, so we're feeling pretty good right now. All right, this is the Jayhawker Podcast. When we come back, we will be joined by Lance Leipold to talk all things Kansas football, maybe even get into some of our athletic abilities on the football field. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. But. Jay Hawker Podcast, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System. It was late, and one of my patients was having trouble sleeping. He was feeling uneasy, he told me. I asked him, is there anything I can do to help? I'm pretty sure he's the only patient ever to ask me to dance at 2 a.m. But sometimes, being the best nurse I can be is just being the best person I can be. Welcome back to another edition of the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley along with Wayne Simeon and special guest head coach Lance Leipold here on a very important day, day after the schedule just was released and signing day. Yeah, an exciting time. Great to be with you guys. Um, we had a chance to finish our signing class with two more additions from our early signing period in, in December, um, as well as announcing our, our transfers and as you said, the Big 12 announced our schedule. So a lot of great things happening as where you have spring ball just really right around the corner. You've been in this game a long time. How different is 2023 signing day than, say, <laughs> two, three years ago? And do you miss fax machines? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was, you know, really up until like three years ago, we were still trying to use them. It was like the only <laughs> thing a fax machine ever had to be ever, used, yeah. used for. But uh yeah, there's some things that have been, you know, pretty antiquated that it took us a while in this sport to get out of the way. But um, it's definitely different, guys. It's it's to a point where um, between the transfer portal, the early signing period was something that I was very excited about um, back at, you know, my last job and things like that. I just think uh, everything in, I think, in, in sports in our world seems to be sped up so much anyway. Young men were making earlier decisions. I think coaches were spending really 
resources and time just making sure that the young man was okay, his family was okay, where you could lock it up and sign it. Um, hopefully they're talking about even moving it up the high school period a little bit sooner. But we're doing that. So the second one has really become anticlimactic in, in ways that it's usually smaller signings at this time. But, um, yeah, it, it's an evolving world. And then the transfer portal in and of itself is something that uh, we could probably spend all day talking about. Yeah, I bet. Now, we know you got a good group of guys in, in assessing the class as a whole. What was some strategy that you implemented towards this specific uh, class, maybe position-wise, side of the ball-wise? Uh, I think one of the things that probably look at some of the high school things that we were looking at in the high school class was younger receivers. Okay, we, we didn't lose any receivers this year. We're still fairly young in some spots in this football team. We wanted to make sure that we could find guys that could have time to develop in our program um, and help us in other ways, but not something that we needed to address with, with older players. So that was probably the biggest biggest spot where we signed three guys. In the transfer portal, again, we're, we're still looking for ways to, you know, we need to make improvements yet on defense and, and, and secure ourselves. And we lost three defensive tackles. We wanted to, um, as, long, as well as three defensive ends. So we had to address some things in the defensive line. And we added a few more at uh, you know, a linebacker, J.B. Brown from Bowling Green, and a couple guys in the secondary. So um, much like last year, we wanted to talk about continuing a culture of competition in the offseason that our players have to work each and every day to compete, and, they, and they'll be better for it in the long run. It'll add depth, and I think that, that really helped us take a big step this year. You know, here you are entering your third year, which seems crazy how time, <laughs> has, time has flown by, but a magical season last year with the bowl, Liberty Bowl, one of the best bowl games of the whole season. How much did that excitement from that help in the recruiting team? I, I think it's helped. I think where where you're really going to see it, Greg, is is as we head now into the tw- as we turn the page of the 24 class. Yeah. I think uh, probably half of our class or more was really committed in June or earlier. So the success of the early part of the season, the sellouts, the college game day, and the bowl bid and, and bowl game in and of itself were were pretty much um, you know or you know, the class was already committed and signed. So the exciting thing is what's up for the future when people have seen progress made in this program. And as you said, it's it's something that is exciting as we continue to make uh, uh, administrative commitment and facilities and other things. We just think we can keep stacking wins on, on top of things that will help us move this program. And that administrative commitment was signing you to a long-term deal and retaining 100% of your on-field staff. Yeah, that's that's huge. And and uh, not not so much for me, but I think I think again, continu- you know, for us, continuity's been a big thing about what we've been as a staff and a program to build it. Um, I talked a year ago at this time about alignment and and having a group of assistants that were in good alignment of what we want to do, what the culture is going to be about, and 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 to have everybody back and to take another step because as you guys know better than me what this program unfortunately had gone through, especially even in the position rooms, was, you know, a different face every year and, and, and building confidence and, and trust was tough. And, and, and for us to be able to do that, you mentioned our, our administration, um, it shows that uh, we're ready to take another step here as a football program. Now, I think that part of the secret sauce that you have is the continuity uh, of your staff uh, going all the way back to Wisconsin Whitewater. And one of the things I appreciate is, you know, when uh, when things get tough, uh, guys trust each other. 
Um, you're familiar with each other. Uh, even when the bullets are flying, you, uh, you, you know the plan. You stick to the plan. No one's panicking. Uh, am I wrong to think about that in terms of the continuity of this staff and being able to work with guys for such a long time and have that trust built is, uh, is part of the, the secret sauce in having us ahead of schedule? I, I think it's a great point. I, I think it's something that I've never really took as much thought into it or pride into it until others have noticed it is that – you know, the, the people that have been with me a long time, um, hopefully they feel they've been given the leeway within the program and the culture to, to prosper and grow, but yet stay together. Um, but it also allows us at this time, or myself as a head coach, to go spend time addressing other things that we need to do to get the program better in other areas. And, and a lot of times it's not football-related. It's other things that touch our program or – future things that we're going to try to do or other things that have changed in college athletics. So when I know that that each coordinator is running their room and, and I know what they're doing and I have confidence where it's going, it allows me to do other things. Matt Gildersleeve is doing what he needs to do in the weight room. All those things help us kind of grow and that where it comes with trust and confidence. You know, when we talk about change, you know, from five years ago, recruiting and all that, <clears throat> recruiting's taken on a different tone where you got to almost re-recruit the guys that are already mm -hmm. here, and you did a great job last year of that, keeping your core. We knew that Jalen Daniels said he was mm -hmm. coming back, and it wasn't made official until <laughs> a while ago, and that's huge to have your quarterback, your leader, back again. Yeah, Jalen, obviously we know what he's done for this program, really for our university in many ways, and, and what happened this year, and, and to have him, and he's a special, special talent, but a, what a wonderful young man, and I, I just the charisma and excitement that he brings to our program but you're right, and Greg, we, we have to make sure that there's communication and, and it, you know, relationships, trust, understanding, knowing their role, seeing light at the end of the tunnel. If you're not, not seeing playing time that you did make the right uh, choice and the right program to be at, and you see it all over the country. Sometimes a program of a couple guys leave, and the next day you kind of see the snowball effect, and, and that, uh, it's, it, it's a unique aspect of, of college athletics. Coach, I'm curious about this uh, when it comes to the schedule release. When you first laid mm -hmm. eyes on the schedule, where do your eyes first go? Is it a particular matchup? Is it where the bye week is located? What, what type of things catch your attention when you wow. first see the schedule roll out? Probably a little bit of everything. I, you know, obviously, I knew the first three games. Um, where the bye week is is important. And also home and away, like how many in a row – are you consecutive weeks on the, um, uh, you know, on the road? Um, you know, I've, I've spent most of my life in the northern part of this country, so I don't worry much about locality late in the year and, and what the weather's going to be like, but I know some people do. It was probably more that. I, I had a decent um, idea um, who our possible non-opponents were going to be now with this expanded conference. So to kind of see the, where it all laid out, and, and where we played maybe some of the the, uh, the new members, I guess, was probably something I was curious about as well. Well, how about the first game of the year on a Thursday night, which is kind of a mm -hmm. switch. And, and, you know, we see so many college football games on Thursday. We used to be a Saturday game. Lately, we've moved mm -hmm. it to Friday. What do you think about the Thursday night? Well, well, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Greg, because first of all, I, I really wanted to say thanks. And, and again, we, we talk about things that our administration has done and you understand it's something that I tried to talk about uh, the first couple of years. We could get to Friday. We weren't quite ready um, with, with some things on campus and things with school being in session and things. Uh, 
of making that happen, and this year we were able to do so. And why that's important, there's some things that has to do with when you report and you get a couple earlier start. You get a little bit more rest in between, and then we, we, you know, we have another Power 5 uh, opponent in, in a Big Ten school in Illinois. So there's some things, and many times we were playing on less days uh, of preparation than our opponents because they were taking advantage of that. So to get that done this year, I thought was was great, and I and we greatly appreciate it. And you're not up against high school football yeah, on a Friday and, night. There's all and, kinds of factors. People and, can start their right. Labor Day weekend a little earlier. And that sounds good to me, right? Yeah. Let's go to the lake, <laughs> right? Maybe on and, Friday. And that's what we said. So you come to yeah, go to the game on Thursday. You can be on the lake by Friday night. But um, you know, and and we understand and respect high school football, and 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 where there is, you know, you know, many of us have have sons that are playing, and. Um, you know, the first year we kind of came late. They were able to adjust the local high school schedule a little bit. This time we've got this out in advance, and um, it all works because uh, we want it to be that way. It's a perfect segue to what Wayne and I do for a living, and that's development and the Kansas Athletics Development and Williams Fund as far as tickets go. And uh, how fun was it last year? We just hadn't seen it forever. Three consecutive yeah. sellouts. We knew that if you win, they will come, and they did. Now we need to, to parlay that into next year and, and get involved in the Williams Fund and Kansas Athletics, buy tickets, and get out to the best setting in all college football. Yeah, you could have not said it better because it means so much to us. And, yeah, there was a couple times during those consecutive weeks, um, you, know, you know, bus pulling up to the stadium and, and to see the energy, college game day, to see the hill the way it was. And, you know uh, – as people take their seats and we go in 20 minutes before the game and you come back out and it's filled and and uh yeah you know there's a couple times uh you know Matt Gildersleeve or something comes up before kickoff and, and it's kind of like can you believe this yeah. that that it's happened at this time and maybe this quickly and and to your point about that and it's important but those those settings that atmosphere that that home field advantage that that definitely paid off and it makes a difference, and our fans do make a difference, and their support makes a difference, and and uh, they're equally a part of this, and, and, and we're going to need each and every one of them throughout the years. You know, you mentioned Coach Gildersleeve a couple of times, and with the opening kick seeming like it's months away, even here and now and the months leading up to it is a key, key time of preparation, uh, mainly which will be led by him. Uh, how closely do you guys work together uh, in uh, this time of the, of the year, and then what other additional uh, prep are you doing yeah. leading up to spring ball? Well, you know, they've, they're about week three right now of, of our off-season program. Uh, I have extreme confidence in Matt. Again, another one that we talk about retaining and keeping. It's uh, um, early in my career at Buffalo, we had five strength coaches in five years, and that, that, that's tough for that continuity. And, and to have Matt and the what not only what he does in the weight room and in, in this building with our guys, but what he does with the culture and and leadership and development, some of those things when we're not allowed to. So he's he's doing so much and, and as as you're really saying, Wayne, is from really when they reported back mid mid January to really August first, Matt Gildersleeve and his staff will spend the most time with our players. By rule we cannot. So that interaction, that trust, that, that not just getting them bigger and faster, there's a lot that goes with that. And that is such an important position in our program. And um, I could not be more confident in anyone that I have in what he does and the reports that we get daily 
weekly on how they're they're progressing um, in so many ways, whether it be body weight, body composition, of course, strength numbers, other things like that. Um, and and I really am happy this way to see the players have embraced this. Now they're used to it. Like you said, you know, we're going into year three, but we're really just heading into our second spring with this group. Right. When you're really looking at it, so we're still in the early process of of routine and understanding. But now you can see our players that have been through it with us leading the other players, telling them what's kind of coming next and how to go about it. And that uncertainty that used to be throughout the roster a year ago isn't there as much. And you can see our guys being more confident because of that. Get excited. Get involved. We've got a QR code here down at the bottom of the screen. We all got used to it during COVID, looking at our menus, whatever. Click on it. Get your Kansas football tickets and come out and support these guys in the fall because the hill, there, there's no better setting. There really isn't. And uh, it, it just the energy on those three sellouts, like you said, you pull up to that. And, you know, uh, Wayne and I have been around a long, long time. And in the last 10, 12 years, we just hadn't been anywhere near that. And it was so much fun for all the sports here at Kansas, for the local community, for Kansas City. It's just fun on a Saturday. It is, and it, like you said, it is special, and, you know, you hear some of that, and, you know, you've been here a while, and you, you look at some of those things, you kind of hear it, and then when, for some of us that are still fairly new, when you really see it and experience it, you're like, yeah, that, it's for real, and, and like it is, you know, this program wants to be one that we want our fans, our community, our state to be proud of, but we want to be good partners in this thing, as anyone, and we feel when, when that stadium's filled, there's a lot of wins throughout this area in a lot of different ways, and uh, we want that to be kind of the norm from here on out. Yeah, it was so cool to be able to see uh, how it's beneficial to so many people. You know, you think about uh, the longtime faithful season ticket holders that have been longing to see sold-out crowds at competitive games. Uh, this was probably uh, the time where I saw the most uh, first-time visitors, you know, families and father-sons coming out to their first football game. And, of course, that type of electric environment, we know our guys deserve that. Uh, from the hard work that they put in. And then you also think about uh, the number of recruits that we have coming on campus to be able to see uh, what this place can and, and should be. And so to see a, a full stadium, um, you know, contribute to so many different people uh, is, is so important, and we're excited to see that translate to next season. Right. I think you made some great points there. I think you talk about a decade worth of uh, maybe some tough times, and so there's a – there's some classes and age groups that, that really haven't experienced yeah. it. So they've kind of been on the outside kind of watching, you know, half-heartedly. And, and now they have a chance to come and experience all the things that, that you've talked about. But then I, I think, you know, we've traveled a little bit together as well around this state in some places. And the, I don't want to use the word maybe obligation, but there's always a new sense of or it hits me another time of responsibility because every time we go to one of those places, somebody has come up to me and told me that they've had season tickets for 20, 25, 30 years. And that loyalty and that passion to this university and this football program um, is something that I take seriously that these people have been through and been supportive. And, and, it's, and, and we need to make sure that we give them the best chance um, for, for us to have a successful team and for them to have a better experience. You know, you mentioned a couple kinds of fans, the long timers, mm -hmm. the people that just wanted to catch on the momentum. Then there's the, the families that, hey, I'm not going to come until there's a product to come watch. Mm -hmm. Well, 
There's no more excuses. You've got a great product to watch. You've got a great setting. Click on that code. Come out and support these guys because no more excuses. You know, we, we need you out there. You guys work incredibly hard, and, and you deserve it. And, and the, the, the crowds this year, I mean, how much did that help just the guys' adrenaline? I mean, just, we talk about it all the time in Allen Fieldhouse, and we can have the same thing over here. Absolutely. And, and you know, Allen Fieldhouse is such a special place that – that kind of hit me a year ago the first time I went in there about what it could be. And honestly, like, what do we have to do to, to, to get that over uh, uh, to the football stadium? Um, I, I do think, as you're, as you're saying, is that I think some of our players coming back for the extra year or even having thoughts of, of maybe leaving and looking at another program, I think those, that, that home field and those sellouts that definitely had something to do with it. And, and hopefully we're going to get to a point, guys, where um, – you know, jump in now, as Greg talked about, to get those tickets because eventually they're going to be pretty difficult to get your hands on, especially good seats. Yeah. Um, another thing to talk about, for years we were under scholarship, for lack of a better term. We're back at a full 85 right mm. now. How much does that benefit you not having to convince guys to gray shirt, blue shirt, walk on, whatever. Now you can just say, <laughs> we got 85 spots, and it's the first time in a long time. Right. It, you know, they changed some of the rules that allowed, you know, there used to be the rule of you could only sign 25 players in a year. Well, they because of the transfer portal and other things, they got rid of that, which really gave us right. the latitude to get us where we wanted to be. And, yeah, you start having all these creative meetings on how we're going to stretch the numbers and get people in and develop a roster. And, and it's not just 85 scholarships because then you have to offense, defense, and then you want to balance those classes of, you know, you, you can't just have all seniors and juniors and, and, and go through it. So there's a lot of things that go into that. And uh, for us to be able to kind of be a little bit more on even footing with our, with our competition is definitely a step in the right direction. You know, Greg highlighted a little bit earlier about uh, the great job you did of retaining uh, some key players for next year. We got some guys moving on. Uh, some of them are seniors. Some have a potential to play on Sundays. You think about Lonnie Phelps. You think about Earl Bostic Jr., uh, who has a great opportunity there. Then surveying uh, the different Jayhawks that we have in the NFL, whether it's a Dorrance Armstrong or Akeem Adeniji or Kwame Lasseter that got some minutes, Steven Sims Jr. What does it mean to be able to point to Jayhawks that have an opportunity to play on Sundays as it pertains to motivating our guys here and then also the overall uh, health and notoriety of Kansas football? Well, as you know, as a professional athlete, that's, you know, from the time any of us have ever played, we've always had those dreams that we would be able to, to you know, be in that be in that at that level and, and have an opportunity, um, you know, and it's still true today that that's every player's goal um, to have players that have that opportunity. And, and here recently when we go out and recruit, we can talk about you can reach all your hopes and dreams right here at the University of Kansas and being a Jayhawk. Um, Kyron Johnson, you know, is somebody that's went through a lot of changes here, gets drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles, and now he's going to be in a Super Bowl. That's the, I mean, uh, to have guys that are doing that uh, is pretty special. And then you mentioned, you know, Lonnie Phelps going to be at the Senior Bowl, got invited to the Combine. He was only in this program one year, but I know he took advantage of it, uh, and he has made his contributions. Yes, we would have wished he would have stayed another year, but I can't fault him. And he, he was very honest with us on what his thoughts were. But he never, you know, if you remember in that bowl game, he had almost full body cramps, yeah. and he didn't want to come out. And he, and most guys that have that mindset that they're going another direction would have, would have tapped out or even opted out of the game altogether. And then you look at Earl Bostic guys real quickly. How many guys are going to go to the combine board academic All-Americans as well? 
And, and when you really look at somebody like that, I, I mean, that's, that's one of the things that we can recruit on a lot of different levels about having a chance playing the NFL, playing in all-star games, going to combines. Oh, yeah, he's got two degrees from here as well. So we can talk to families, parents, everyone about really what the total experience is here. One thing we haven't really talked about yet is the Liberty Bowl, about the atmosphere that was there. We talk about the fans showing up during the winning streak. How great was that atmosphere at the Liberty Bowl? We had probably 60% of the fans, maybe 40% Arkansas, but a great setting, obviously a frustrating end, but again, one of the best games of the bowl season. Your guys showed tremendous fight being down and were able to climb all the way back in it to make for a memorable finish. Yeah, it was an amazing turnout by our fans. I, You know, you hear we're going to have a great turnout and you know, the weather wasn't wasn't the best, and it's kind of going through that, and you just don't know what's really going to be there. And, and you know, we're kind of in our own world at the hotel doing our things, game days. I don't know what's all happening at pep rallies and things like that. Then you come out there again. Um, the 20 minutes before, like when we leave the field with like 25-plus minutes and then taking the field back with maybe three or so, the amount of people that enter a stadium, and then you looked at it, and it was like, wow, this is uh, – this is pretty special and it says a lot about our fans um, and their desire to support us in, in those uh, those bowl games. And you said, you're right, and, and when it's 60-40, close to whatever that is, the energy in the stadium is something special too because there was always something going on. Um, yeah, we didn't get off to the start we wanted to, fell behind. But uh, I can't tell you really, Greg, how proud I am of our guys because with 30 minutes left and in there at halftime, there's a lot of ways just to play it out. And uh, to even be at that point, and, and, and it says a lot about our leadership. It says a lot about our assistant coaches, uh, the leadership within that locker room. I, I mean about our players and, and their desire to, to be successful and to make that thing a game. And though disappointing as it is, it gives everybody just a little bit more within this program to work a little bit harder so that we get that corrected. And hopefully it gives our fan base, as we said earlier, just more reasons to believe in this program and this team. Yeah, the, the word that I left uh, walking away from the stadium, got a chance to take my 13-year-old son, uh, was inspiring. And I'm so glad that he got a chance to see it and uh, so glad that that's something that we get a chance to build on uh, moving forward uh, here into this next season. And we'll get you out of here with this because you talked a little bit about the combine. And one of the signatures in the combine is, of course, the 40-yard the, the dash. Uh, you're sitting between two superior athletes. Uh, right about now. What would you say the over-under is in terms of if Greg and I put our hand in the dirt right here behind you for, for a 40-yard dash? Well, well, what do you think the times would be between, between he and I? Ooh. <laughs> the times of each one of you or the distance of the winner to loser? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping, I'm just glad you didn't include me in it because I would just want to get well, to the 40. You. Let's oh, include yeah, you. Oh, yes. oh, oh, yes. Well, there'd be two hamstrings gone <laughs> in no time. Wow. Um, I value my friendships with both of you guys, and you guys yeah, have been yeah, and, and you've been great to me since I've been here. And uh, if we set it so at I don't, seven, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to jeopardize that, uh, even though Wayne would win. <laughs> well, that's the that's the easiest answer. We know that, but, but could, by I, how much? could I break seven seconds? Yes. Wow. Okay. There you have it. A lot of confidence. If there was a plate of wings at the end oh, of that 40 yards. Oh, oh, damn. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm actually, I, I would just be trying to get through 
with two Achilles intact. Yeah, yeah that'd be, that's what I'm worried about. Flexors, no. like, I don't really care no, about we, the we'd time. All, we'd, all be there, we'd all be there. Well, uh, the next time our fans have a chance to see you guys, we haven't announced it yet, but a date will be forthcoming for the spring showcase. Okay. I can know. You want me to say it or not? I was told that we were supposed to wait. Let the people uh, know, Coach. Yeah, well, right now we're. Let the people know. I'm not supposed to. I guess I was told no. The, it's the sometime the in April. It's sometimes early April. There you go. Early April. The anticipation okay. can build. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, we'll we'll make sure we get that out to our people. And, and what will the, the format be? It'll be a little different yeah, than just the spring yeah, game. You know, it's you, you know, there's a lot of things that we look at. The traditional spring games are are not as much as they used to be. Right. And, and one of that is is because of the year-round things we get to do with our players. Right. And the other part is that, you know, we, we get to play a game now in December, and, and we have those opportunities to get the extra practices, the live hitting. But the wear and tear on bodies are important, and there are certain times in the spring, especially with your older players, um, you want to make sure they're healthy and healthy going forward. So we'll continue to modify a few things. and But there will be some parts of, of live football and exciting football that – and we want to make it a, a great day or evening, and we're, we're going to try to have some fun with it. And one last thing. You know, we talked about the administration and locking you up and your staff. Along with that came some capital projects. Kind mm-hmm. of talk about where we're at as a, as a program with what the next steps are concerning Anderson and Memorial Stadium. Well, um, I can't even announce the spring game. I don't know if I, I can talk about that. <laughs> but, uh, Generalities. No, no we're, we're going to start on some uh, – renovation improvements within the football facility, the Anderson football complex, and, uh, you know, to make it better for our players on a, on a daily basis. Um, we're hoping that those will start immediately after uh, uh, spring football. And part of that is Anderson was built 15-plus years yeah. ago, and staffs have, have grown <laughs> immensely. So it's more of a space thing. It's a yeah. once-over, more of a makeover. Yeah. We're going to, you know, improve in, in the locker room and do some things in the weight room, and then part of that will – We'll have to, uh, which will be the first thing we'll have to do. Then after the season, we hope to have, uh, you know, additions added on to the building as well. That'll help us with some of those space factors that you've talked about because really, um, you know, staffs have been added in so many different ways. We have, uh, you know, between adding an on-field coach when they went to 10 assistants to having analysts and quality control coaches, player development people that are going to help in many different areas, and nutritionists and other things that are all there for the betterment of the student-athlete, and everyone has them across the country. We just need to add to the space and update ourselves a little bit. And then I think, you know, that's, you know, not being – I'm not completely sure between – Chancellor Gerard and, and Travis Goff about our discussions about as we've made the announcement um, of uh, making improvements to David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium, but those are going to be um, coming in the near future as well about what that plan's going to look like and, and how that's going to really alter kind of where we're moving forward here in the short term. Yeah, it's interesting thinking about uh, the, the new things that have come into college athletics and being priorities, whether it's navigating the portal or NIL, but the reality is facilities still matter. It does. Right? It does. And, and um, yeah, those things are still becoming important, are very important as well. But it's still when you bring a young man in here, you know, they want to know how they're going to be developed, with what, and, and who's going to be impactful. And, and um, you know, we're at a great point right now with some on-field success, some administrative and, and fan support that are going to allow us to make the necessary steps here. 
they're going to put us, uh, you know, on par with a lot of people. It's facilities and resources, yeah. and, and and to have those it takes money, yeah. and so that's what Wayne and I and others have to go out and find. And the timing couldn't be better. Right, doing this six years ago would have been much more difficult than doing it right now. Yeah, and. I understand and we appreciate all your efforts as well because it's difficult when there's not the results. You know, some people, some people do. We talk about those people who have been there a long time. Some people want to give to, to, to make it better to see it and have been there for others will say, well, I need to see some progress before I yeah. jump in, you know, and, 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 and that makes sense as well. Well, now we're okay. We're, we've made progress. Now we need, we need a little more help to get us there continually and take the next huge step. You're a great salesman. You just said we're going to need to see some progress before we go buy tickets, before we give back. QR code, bottom of the screen, buy Kansas season football tickets. we got seven games this year. Usually have six, seven times to come out with your, your family. Support these guys, support Coach Leipold, and help us get to where we want to go. This has been fun, hasn't it? Has it been yeah. fun for you? Always you got fun any when uh, I'm with you parting guys. comments? Well, any jokes? I don't any know about tricks? Oh, uh, no. Juggle? Um, <laughs> nothing? <laughs> no, I just I'd probably would say, first of all, uh, you know, the opportunity to be the head coach here has been something that's been beyond my, my expectations. Yeah. And, it's, and you say it, and I believe it within our program, and I've always heard so many great things about Lawrence and in this university, but it's, but it's the people. And it's people like yourselves. It's the people that we meet. And uh, this is truly a special place. And uh, we want to make it even better and, and better on the football field and in this program. And uh, we, we can't wait to get back to work. Well, as lifelong Kansans, Wayne and I both, I think you and Kelly have been great in this community. You put your money where your mouth is. You, you buy tickets. You support charities. You guys are pillars of this community. And it, and it shows. I appreciate it. Well, again, I've... From whatever level I've been at, I, I kind of believe in that too. Is that, you know, uh, if if we believe in it, if we need it, then we should believe in and support it. And and uh, but uh, but also be a part of your community. And we love being part of, of this community and this university. Well, we appreciate you. We're going to support you. Everybody out there is going to support you, and it's going to be fun this fall. Let's go back to another bowl game. Get it this time and uh, have a uh, a great off season. We'll see you at the spring showcase. Sounds great. This has been the Jayhawker Podcast. I am Greg Gurley along with Wayne Simeon, Coach Lance Leipold, brought to you by the University of Kansas Health System.